athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Sanders underneath center looking to give JSU the lead. He takes a snap, goes with the quarterback sneak again. No signal yet. Now they say it is a touchdown. Jackson State takes his first lead at 6-3, pending the outcome of the point after. That was Shador Sanders with his first collegiate touchdown of his career for Jackson State, who ultimately prevailed over Florida A&M last on Sunday, 7-6 in the Orange Blossom Classic at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. That was my man Rob J. on the call in that audio courtesy of the Jackson Sports Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. That wasn't as good a football game as I thought it might be. It was a low-scoring affair. I thought it may be a low-scoring affair. I said it would be within, you know, uh, seven uh, seven points. I just thought it'd be ultimately Florida A&M. That won that football game. It was Jackson State, a very important game. I mean, an extremely important game because now you're talking about a situation where it was a SWAC Eastern Division matchup. So Jackson State now 1-0 in the SWAC. And by the way, number uh, three in the HBCU coaches and media polls, which were released on Monday. You can check those polls out at BoxToRow.com, number three in both of those polls. They rose. Uh, also, Arkansas Pine Bluff, who defeated Lane, rose as well. I thought Arkansas Pine Bluff sort of got a raw deal, really, to start the season. Was so low in the in both of the polls, I thought. Um, based upon last year, I think that people thought maybe it was a fluke. Arkansas Pine Bluff has got a good football team. and So we're going to talk uh, plenty of college football today on the program joining us a little later on in the program speaking about teams that won and it's interesting especially when you're talking about HBCU football generally in that first week what has happened is you've had a lot of teams that would play those money games I mean I remember you know going back to the days of Savannah State being uh, a, a, a one double A opponent to start off in FCS and ultimately joining the MEAC would get beat down, um, you know, badly, to, you know, would get four or five hundred thousand dollars, but would take big L's. Well, you're not seeing that as much, at least you didn't in the first week. As a matter of fact, you've had some teams, you know, that got some W's, uh, right? Maybe you wouldn't see that in week one. Uh, with respect to HBCU football, but I'm going to tell you what, week two is going to be brutal, and we're going to talk more about it because you've got quite a few of the teams playing 
not only FBS opponents, but also playing uh, Power Five opponents. I mean, you look at Alabama State and Auburn. I mean, that's gonna. I mean, that's a tough game for Alabama State. I mean, you look at uh, you look at Howard and 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 uh, and and Maryland, right out of the big time. And I know Maryland's not great, but I mean, still, I mean, Howard lost last week to FCS opponent Richmond. I think it was like thirty-eight to nineteen. Um, something like that. So, I mean, that's going to be an uphill battle. I mean, I say, but one of the teams winning, albeit against a SWAC opponent, and we talked about the Florida A&M and Jackson State game being an Eastern Division game. Well, the Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern, a SWAC Western Division game, which Prairie View A&M won that football game. And so we're going to talk with Eric Dooley, the head football coach, at Prairie View A&M today here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio. Big time win by the Charlotte program. Last Friday, Charlotte defeated Duke 31-28 to in somewhat of a surprise. I mean, I think, you know, David Cutcliffe has done a, I mean, when you think about Duke football, and it, it really was an afterthought until David Cutcliffe came in, really turned the program around, had it going in the, sort of the right direction but last year just you know was just one of those seasons that didn't go well and then losing to Charlotte um at Charlotte um as a matter of fact um tough loss for the Blue Devils also joining us today on the program Will Healy is the head football coach at Charlotte in his third season and he's also going to join us today on the program. So we're going to talk plenty of college football here on the program. You talk about Duke's loss, right? The ACC, like the ACC had a brutal, had a very brutal weekend. I mean, not only did Clemson lose, which, I mean, you know, I mean, that's a tough game, right? Like you're, I mean, I know it's Clemson and they've been a perennial power and all of those kind of things, and you know they 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 lost to Georgia, but I mean you had North Carolina losing. I mean I guess you know Virginia Tech. I mean it's a conference game, but I mean North Carolina's a top ten program, and that hurts the ACC when a Virginia Tech beats a North Carolina. It hurts the ACC when a Charlotte beats Duke. I mean those games. Um, I mean those games really really hurt. I mean nobody expected Miami. Right to beat Alabama, but I mean it's still another loss. Like NC State got a big win. I mean, actually, absolutely routed last Thursday. Routed USF. Right, so maybe things are going to be a little bit different for NC State uh, this year. A lot of expectations for NC State these last, you know, couple of years. Really, for a long time, that uh, you know, just they, they haven't lived up to those expectations. And so, uh, you know, maybe, you know, the Wolfpack off to a good start. I mean, that's a that's a good win, right? Like, that's a really good win for uh, NC State against an FBS uh, opponent. And so the Wolfpack, uh, maybe <laughs> perhaps a bit of the saving grace. I mean, again, Virginia Tech's win is a, is a, it's a you know, it's an ACC win, right? But, I mean, you know, maybe a bit of a saving grace uh, for the ACC uh, a little bit and but but getting back to 
the HBCUs in terms of some of these FBS um, opponents. I mean, you know, Alabama State and Auburn. Like, that's a tough, that's a very, very tough football game. Ultimately, for Alabama State, the two teams have met a couple of times the last couple of years, so it's a good payday for Alabama State. But, I mean, you've got, you know, South Carolina State at Clemson. Like, again, you talk about a, a good payday in two teams, uh, two programs that have met a couple of times. I think it's great. Um, you know, Jacoby Durant, like, if you go back a couple of years ago, Darius Leonard, everybody knows Darius Leonard of the Colts. Well, he made his name against Clemson. He had 18 tackles in a, in a game. And I, I believe that was his – I don't even think that was his senior year. Like, I think that was his junior year. Um, he had 18 tackles against Clemson. Like, that's how he built his name to becoming, you know, what, a second-round pick by the Colts and one of the best linebackers in the National Football League. But that's an uphill battle in a tough game, particularly with Clemson coming off a loss for South Carolina State. You look at Norfolk State's got to go on the road to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, to take on Wake Forest. Like, that's, I mean, that's a tough game. Right for Norfolk State. So you've got a couple of these games that are going to be tough, tough football games ultimately uh, in uh, eight, within HBCUs. And so we'll talk some schedule, uh, right, for some of the games uh, that are going to be happening on Saturday. You've got the game, uh, as a matter of fact, tonight, uh, Duke. And, and speaking of a, of, of a tough game, uh, North Carolina A&T going to be at Duke, especially when you're talking about Duke coming off. The loss to Charlotte. You're talking about A&T coming off the loss to Furman, right? Something's got to give. Somebody's going to be 0-2, right? So a couple of tough games uh, for some uh, HBCUs, and we're going to talk about those games. Plus, I've got the HBCU National Game of the Week. I'm going to preview Jackson State and Tennessee State. You've got the head coach for Jackson State, Deion Sanders. You've got the head coach for Tennessee State. Eddie George, two friends, rivals, right? National Football League days. We're going to talk about that. Plus, also, Prairie View A&M head football coach, Eric Dooley, still to come. But up next, we're going to be joined by Charlotte head football coach, Will Healy. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Rowe, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www. 
MarjorieSpeakJerky.com. That's www.MarjorieSpeakJerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky. Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. KKK. Let's continue here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We're joined by a gentleman in his third season as the head football coach at Charlotte. Previous to that, he was the head football coach at Austin P for three seasons. 2017 named Eddie Robinson Award winner for the top coach in FCS. Big-time win by the 49ers over Duke last Friday. He is Will Healy. He joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Healy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. He's glad to have you. Just want to get your thoughts. Let's start there. Uh, the 31-28 to victory over Duke a week ago. Well, it's our, it's the first time in program history that we've hosted a Power 5 opponent at our place. And um, the atmosphere was awesome. You know, I mean, it's, it's what you envision and what you hope for when you take the job at a place like Charlotte is that, you know, you can play in meaningful games and, and have great crowds and be into it. And the, the student section was off the charts. I mean, it, it was a big-time college football environment. And – um, obviously, everybody knows David Cutcliffe, Hall of Famer. I grew up in the state of Tennessee. You know, he's a legend. And uh, they'd beaten us uh, 60 to, I mean, like 58 to 16 the year before. And, uh, you know, so we, we knew our work was cut out for us. Uh, amazing night, really give and take, back and forth the entire football game. We scored with, uh, I think, 33 seconds remaining and, uh, and then held them you know, for the remaining 33 seconds and, and got a 31-28 to 28 win. Fans stormed the field and uh, just a magical night. You know, I mean, a, a big-time opportunity for our football team uh, to be able to kickstart the season, create a buzz, continue to market the program, make it cool to play football at Charlotte, and for us to be able to find a way to win was, uh, was a, it, it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, magical moment on, on Friday, and now the awesome part about it is you got a chance to be back at home this Saturday and, and try to do it all over again. No question about it, and we're going to talk more about the matchup uh, against Gardner-Webb, and you're right. I mean, the program just starting had a chance to be there uh, in 2017, and the, I mean, the, the stadium is awesome. You know, in that football game against Duke, like the last three possessions of the game, as exciting as you can get in college football, to your point, Chris Reynolds – uh, to Bird for the 11-yard touchdown with 33 seconds remaining. Speak about that, you know, sort of, the, I guess, the last two minutes or so in those last three possessions, again, as exciting as you get in college football. Well, I don't know if I would have picked the 75-yard uh, touchdown run, uh, whatever it was, where uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, Durant looked like uh, the old school Tecmo Super Bowl, uh, Bo Jackson against us last Friday night. Uh, but, you know, big drive to go down there, a couple really big contested catches, one on one plays that our receivers made, Vic Tucker and Grant DeBose. Um, 
and drove downfield, went and scored a touchdown. Then they came right back down the field and scored. And we got it back with a minute 44 on the clock from uh, our minus 25-yard line. And uh, it's awesome. You know, you, you sometimes you're fortunate as a coach to be able to talk about, um, you know, how things translate from practice. But every two-minute drill in practice is a minute and 54 seconds from the minus 17-yard line with one timeout because we got beat. Uh, versus FAU a, a year ago in that exact same scenario. So very similar situation, a minute 44, balls on the minus 25, two timeouts. Uh, Vic Tucker, Chris Reynolds, uh, Grant DeBose, unbelievable plays, near perfect on the drive, um, and uh, and find a way to, to, to get the big touchdown. So, um, I mean, it was it was like – the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the going crazy, you know, I mean, it was, it was chaos for a complete quarter, a great football game, um, you know, and, and uh, again, just important for us to be able to find ways to continue to get people to, to take it seriously. And so took a big step forward last Friday. You know, as a newer FBS program, I mean, was this game against Duke, uh, was it a home and home? You mentioned playing them last year. Was it a home and home? I mean, to have a power, to your point, a power. And it's in state. Like it's, all, I'm all for that. Like I'm all for in state. We're here in Raleigh. It's all good in the state of North Carolina when you can have you know those type of situations. But how did this game come about? Yeah, it was a home and home. Um, so you know, obviously with college football, it's crazy how far in advance these games are scheduled. But it was scheduled you know, five years ago. And uh, the fortunate part we have when we're scheduling these games is a lot of people want to come play in Charlotte. I mean, it's a, it's a fertile recruiting area. And, and so people want to come here and play. And uh, it's a great spot for fans to come visit. Um, you know, I, I we've got some coming up. We, we play at home against Maryland next year. We'll play North Carolina in a home-and-home. Home. We'll play uh, Ole Miss in a home-and-home. This just happened to be the first one. And, um, you know, in a young program, when you have an opportunity to host a team like Duke and you are doing a bunch of different first, you know, uh, and, and trying to create a history and a tradition behind your program, um, you know, you only get one shot of having the first time. And I think you got a lot of guys on your roster and a bunch of coaches that are excited about being the first ones to do something. Will Healy is the head football coach at Charlotte in his third season. He joins us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Coach Healy, can you speak to the difficulty of last season with COVID only having an opportunity to play six football games? Yeah, it's a hard year. You know, I went 0-11 as the head football coach at Austin Pete, and I thought no way in the world I'll ever go through anything from a football perspective, that will be that difficult. Uh, I mean, just getting blown out week in and week out. Last year was more difficult. Um, it was uh, nine games canceled. We go two and four uh, week in and week out. You know, you're, you're going all the way. You're getting all the way to Friday or Saturday, having no idea whether you're going to play the game or not. I'm very – I realized what was going on nationally, and football is not the most important thing. So I get that. But – it, it was something that brought happiness to our players when they had opportunities to go between the white lines and play, uh, you know, practice and play the game of football. So when you took those opportunities away from them, it was difficult for them, especially considering they had prepared the entire week for an opportunity. Um, so you feel like you've, you've failed them from a student athlete experience standpoint. Um, you know, you, you, 
you love seeing them happy. You love seeing them enjoying the experience. And it wasn't a great experience for them last year. Uh, not to mention having nine games canceled, but also going two and four. I mean, that's, that's, it was a, it was a difficult year. And so, uh, to be able to start off 2021 with, uh, with seeing them smile again and, and having an opportunity to enjoy a win with them was, uh, was pretty fulfilling, even though obviously it's not the most important thing, but just, uh, some joy was uh, was long overdue. Can you 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 mention Austin P? And uh, you're right. I mean, b- before you had come there, it, it didn't have any success. You were able to, you know, have some success uh, ultimately there. In that at least that second year uh, after the 0 and 11 season. What about that? What do you remember most about being able to sort of turn that Austin P program around? Uh, I remember getting beat. Uh, we were playing TSU, uh, Tennessee State, our first year, and um, we had we scored with a minute and thirteen seconds on the clock to go up forty to thirty-four, and we had a at this point in time, I think it was like a twenty-seven game losing streak, having lost forty-five at the last forty-six. Um, and we score to go a minute and, you know, a little over a minute 10 remaining. And the, the, the crowd starts, the fans start to kind of go near the, uh, come near the field to storm the field if we won the game. And um, TSU scores uh, with three seconds on the clock. Um, our, our corner, who had played 72 snaps at receiver, played five snaps at corner picked off a pass, had a pass breakup, and went into a full body cramp in a man-to-man situation on the goal line on the last play of the game and fell down, was like crawling to try to get to the receiver for Tennessee State who caught the ball on the sideline. 40-40, to we block the extra point, we tip it, it skims over the back of the goalpost, and we get beat 41-40. to And I remember being in the locker room and for the first time since I'd been there, they were hurting because they lost. And it meant something to them. They were so close. And if you want to talk about what was the turning point in that program, in my opinion, during the time we were there, it was that it finally meant something to them. And you got a chance to talk about, look, we were this close, but think about if we do this and think about if we do this. And it really set the stage for the next year, even though we got our doors blown off the last couple games of the year we were actually up 13 to nothing with a chance to go up 20 to nothing the last game of the year at at Kentucky I got some great stories about that one too but uh, you know it it meant something and you could draw back on how you you left everything on the field and you just you know you were exhausted and and you gave your heart to you know to win the football game so next year we start off 0-2 uh, ended up winning eight out of nine versus FCS opponents and ranked in the top 25 for program history. Now it's a perennial top 25 program at the FCS level, and obviously all they had to do was get rid of me, and they won a conference championship. <laughs> so I, I don't think it was me. Will Healy is the head football coach at Charlotte. He joins us here on the program. Coach Healy, what's up with Club Lit? So going back to that second year at Austin Peay, um, we we went 0-2. We, we had a chance to beat Cincinnati at Cincinnati. I think got beat like 20-13. to 13, Turned the ball over on the two-yard line going in to score at halftime and then went for it on fourth and one from the three, and they stopped us. And so 
I knew we were a lot better than the team the year before who gave up literally it felt like 700 yards a game on defense and I think we averaged 13 points a game and the people in Clarksville were excited because it went from seven to 13 points a game uh so I knew we were we were better and then we went to Miami of Ohio the next week and they they drilled us we looked disinterested we had a great week of preparation and and I asked the leadership committee I said what is it man like we have the most energetic practices you've ever seen. You work your rear end off Monday through Friday, and then we just totally botched an opportunity because it looked like we didn't care on Saturday. What is it? And one of our six-year seniors who had won one game in his six-year time there said, Coach, Monday through Friday we get to hide. He said, for years around here on Saturdays we've gotten exposed, and it's not fun. And so I said, all right, well, when we win this week, this is with the 29-game winning streak, so it's it's praying that you can win that week, right? When we win this week, we'll have more fun winning than anybody in college football. And uh, we beat Moorhead State like 69-13. to 13. Uh, We had like seven celebration penalties, uh, one of which the commissioner of the OVC called me to say, hey, uh, you know, can you act like you've been there before? And I said, we haven't. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, and after the game was over with, we went in the locker room. We smoked cigars. Uh, they had to air the place out for like two weeks. Uh, you know, ripped my shirt off, went nuts, and we had more fun winning than anybody in college football. And that's when it started. You know, part of it is that the club lit is um, we called it Charlotte whenever we got here. And club lit was the club version, and it's to celebrate the success of what you worked so hard to be able to create. And it's obviously a marketing branding opportunity for us. Uh, it's something our guys take a lot of pride in, and uh, they crave that feeling again, you know, uh, after having won a football game. So pretty special. Yeah, very cool. Last thought, Will Healy is the head football coach at Charlotte, joins us here on Botched Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Your thoughts, Gardner-Webb uh, comes to you. Your thoughts on Gardner-Webb. Uh, really good. Should have beat Georgia Southern last week. Had the ball in about the 30-yard line going in to beat a team that's had plenty of success and everybody's aware of nationally uh, at their place, at Georgia Southern. Uh, quarterback's a really good player. We played against him. <clears throat> when I was at Austin P. he was at Tennessee Tech. Uh, so he was with Trey Lamb, their head coach, for uh, for a little while at Tennessee Tech. They know each other really well. Um you know, running back's a good player, got great speed. He's tougher than you than you think he is because he's a, he's a compact dude who can run between the tackles. I think they've got great team speed. Um, I, you know, and I, I really did. I said this before the season started. Uh, we could win 12 games or we could lose 12 games. I don't know. It depends on how we show up on Saturday. And, and this week's no different. So got a lot of respect for him. Uh, it's the beauty of college football is that it only matters when the ball snapped and, and – uh, We'll have a, uh, another great opportunity on Saturday to go show how far this program's come. Charlotte 1-0 on the season. Again, going to take on Gardner-Webb on Saturday. In his third season as the head football coach of the 49ers is Will Healy. Joins us here on Botch to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Coach Healy, great to catch up with you. Continued success to you and the 49ers. Thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate you. Great to talk to you and come see us, okay? Will do, Coach Healy had a chance to be at Charlotte back in 2017, calling games for North Carolina A&T. And A&T actually beat Charlotte at Charlotte back in 2017. As a matter of fact, that was A&T's 
undefeated season, a very special season, the last season with Rod Broadway as the head football coach there at North Carolina A&T. Coach Healy doing a great job at Charlotte as he did at Austin P. We'll continue the college football talk up next here on Box to Row as Prairie View A&M head football coach Eric Dooley joins us. BoxToRow.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. BoxToRow.com. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Eric Dooley is in his fourth season as the head football coach at Prairie View A&M. The Panthers coming off a nice 40-17 victory last Saturday in the Labor Day Classic on, in, uh, excuse me, in Houston against Texas Southern. Next up for the Panthers, Incarnate Word uh, on Saturday. And as a matter of fact, the Panthers also ranked number eight in the HBCU coaches poll, number five in the HBCU media poll as Eric Dooley joins us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Coach Dooley, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Absolutely. Always good to have you. Your thoughts, a big win, that rivalry game over Texas Southern 40-17. to Your thoughts on your team's victory. You know, uh, our team came out. We got off to a slow start, but um, nevertheless, they got got a chance to uh, – uh, get their feet up under them and, you know, settle down and, and, and get going. But, you know, I thought it was a, a big victory for us. Of course, you know, coming from the uh, – in the spring, don't like to look in the rearview mirror, but looking from the spring, it was a very, very close ball game. Went down basically to the last drive. So it was very fortunate of us to get that victory. But it, it means so much. You, you're talking about a, a school that, that's your rival. Then you're talking about a school that's in your conference. And then to get even more detail, a school that's – on the same side of you, the western uh, side of uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So uh, that was big for us to get that victory to uh, kind of like not, I wouldn't say put us in the driver's seat, but to give us a, a jump start. Yeah, Jawan Pass. I mean, 25 of 37, 354 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception in the ball game. also rushed for another 29 yards. Pretty solid performance for your quarterback. He did. Uh, got off to – I won't say – you know, we wasn't concerned about the start that he got off to, uh, maybe second or third snap of the ball game, had a fumble. Uh, I, I, I wasn't concerned about that because I knew once he settled down, I, I know what he brought to the table. But, uh, you know, I, I commend the, the young man on coming back and, and staying encouraged. I mean, he wasn't down on himself when he got to the sideline. He knew what needed to be done. Uh, I think he corrected those mistakes. There's still some mistakes we need to correct in moving forward, but I, I thought he did a nice job in, in playing the football game. I mean, Texas Southern hasn't had a lot of success more recently, but the one thing you could point to the Tigers is a, is a pretty good offense. I mean, when you, when you go back to 2019, you know, uh, I think if I recollect uh, correctly, even in the spring, uh, it was solid. But, I mean, this was an offense. I mean, you held their rushing attack to less than 100 yards at 93 yards. You held them to 274 total yards of offense in today's college football. That is excellent. Yeah, and, you know, even going against a guy like uh, Coach McKinley, I know he's an offensive-minded guy, so I know that I expect the offense to be – uh, strong, but you know, just the team, and it's not 
my job, but I do. I would like to comment on it. Uh, it. It's a great, it's a good football team. Just haven't had the success that I'm sure that they're looking for. But it, I knew it was going to be a hard fought uh, game from start to finish. But uh, I'm fortunate enough we came out on top. But yeah, I thought our defense played pretty well. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're missing some guys. Like you had some studs that were all America guys, uh, right? That you're missing. You know, this fall, but your your defense still played well in spite of. Yeah, they, they did. You know, uh, everybody have that mentality, but I, I, I will say that we're living in that, malta- that mentality. Next man up. I mean, you know, you get the opportunity. We don't want to be that guy that's standing on the, side, on the sideline with, with, our, with our mouth poked out asking for the coach to put me in the game, and then I get that opportunity, and then I can't what, get no results. But our guys are not like that. They just work hard and, and know when the opportunity presents itself, they're going to step up and make some plays. Eric Dooley in his third season as the head football coach at Prairie View A&M. He joins us here on Botch the Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Coach Dooley, I mean, I want to get your thoughts not only on Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman, uh, now official members, obviously, of the SWAC, but with them joining the dynamics of the SWAC shift to whereas, you know, that Western Division, I mean, Alcorn State, has had some competition, but in essence has run away with the Eastern Division for the last several years. But now that Western Division becomes a lot more competitive with Alcorn State making the shift from the East to the West. Yeah, that, that's a fair assessment. But, you know, I, I commend our commissioner on doing an excellent job of, of bringing those two uh, institutions into our conference, which I thought was a very, very competitive conference. Now you're talking about having the likes of FAMU and Bethune-Cookman just makes it uh, even tougher. But, you know, uh, just uh, all my years of, of coaching in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, uh, I've been on the west side, and I can tell you I haven't seen a, a, a year that it ever been easy uh, in the conference, especially on the west side. Yeah, then you, of course, I mean, you talk about your years of coaching. You were a player at Grambling, so you all, all you know is the west side. That's all I know is the west side. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Eric Dooley of Prairie View A&M joins us here on the program. Is this program, Coach Dooley, because, you know, you look at the first year, five and six, then uh, the next year, uh, 2019, six and five. I think you were two and one, if I'm not mistaken, in the spring. So, you know, you, you, you went out or you're a game above 500. Do you feel like, especially with the West, as, as, as competitive as it's always been, now adding Alcorn State, to that Western division, is is your program, are the Panthers ready to take that next step? Absolutely. I, I, I like I like my team. I like where we are right now. Uh, I feel good about uh, what we bring to the table. I know it's going to be competitive. That's why I love coaching in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. It's going to be like that uh, week in and week out. But uh, I feel good. I know our football team, we got a, uh, I, I would say a veteran team, you know, uh, fortunate right now, the guys that I signed my first year are seniors now, uh, you know, but due to the pandemic, it gives them that extra year where they're just only juniors. But I feel good about the team, and, and I'm pretty sure every coach at this point in time right now feel good about the team. But I, I know what we have. I know what we bring to the table, and uh, I, I'm excited about this year. I, I can tell you that. I'm very, very excited about what we bring to the table. 21 years as an assistant coach. You get the job in 2018 I mean if anybody paid their dues you paid I mean you paid your dues 21 years 
as an assistant. Now in your fourth season as the head coach of the Panthers, how are you growing as the PV head coach? Well, you know, I, I see a lot of good things. You know, 21 years, and, and I know it, it seems to be uh, a lot of years, and it is in, 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 in time, but, you know, just the way that I operate in God's time, uh, you know, it was right on time. Uh, I know he had a plan for me, and, and he was preparing me, and at the time, you know, other folks may have thought I was ready, but God had a plan, and, and I, I just let him order my steps, and I thought it was a uh, perfect fitting for me. But I, I feel good right now. You know, I still uh, I, I, I talk to Coach Richardson uh, from time to time because he's a mentor of mine. Uh, I, I respect everything that uh, he gave me, gave me the opportunity to do, and I'm, I'm still learning from him. I, I can tell you that right now. And I call some other coaches around just to continue. I believe learning is every day. And I believe you can learn from everyone. And the reason why I, I take that approach, learning is not always learning what to do. Sometimes it's learning what not to do. So I think I take that as a learning uh, curve. But uh, I, 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 I feel real good about right now. It's still some things that I'm trying to uh, make sure I hone my skills to get better, to better prepare our young men to go out and play a successful football game. Pete Richardson, you mentioned him. I mean, you, you, you know, with him for so many years, uh, at Southern and beyond his years there. Um, your your thoughts on the field there being named after him? Very, very deserving. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy and elated that, that the, uh, that's going to take place. Uh, I knew it was coming. Uh, just again, we just got to just wait and be patient and, and let, let nature take its course. And I, I knew it was coming. It was only a matter of time. I mean, when you just take a look at – what he was able to accomplish at uh, Southern University. I mean, it's second to none, to be honest with you. So uh, well-deserving, and uh, I'm sure uh, he'll take it in stride. Uh, he's a guy that don't worry about, you know, accolades. He just, just want to continue just to keep living and, you know, uh, love life and love football. So I, I'm, I'm so happy and, and proud uh, uh, that that moment has come. And, you know, so, so many times we, we give individuals they, uh, they flowers when they're dead. But he was actually got the opportunity now to get his flowers while he yet lived. So that, that's a blessing for him. I, I'm just so happy and uh, just thrilled. Last thought with Eric Dooley, the head coach, the head football coach of Prairie View A&M. And we appreciate the time, Coach Dooley. You, you, again, incarnate word is your next opponent on the road. Coming off a tough overtime loss to Youngstown State in a shootout, 44-41 to 41 last week. Your thoughts on, or last Thursday specifically, your thoughts on the challenges that Incarnate Word present? Well, you know, they got a very, very explosive offense. Uh, there's no question about that. They bring a young man that uh, in his freshman year won the uh, Jerry Rice Award winner. He was the Jerry Rice Award winner. That's not easy to come by. Uh, so the young man is pretty good. He got some weapons on offense when you talk about uh, both of the running backs. They're running football well. Uh, and then they got some receivers. They, they like to throw the football around. So uh, the offense is very, very explosive. Uh, I, I can't say that that makes the defense uh, any less than what the offense is because they went against a good uh, Youngstown team. So uh, they wasn't able to stop, you know, some of the things. But they got some good young men came back. I, I, I do know the depth chart. They, they got a couple of transfers in. So uh, they're a much better football team. Uh, just unfortunate they didn't win the uh, the shootout against Youngstown. But uh, we know it's going to be a challenge, and we, uh, we're ready to accept the challenge. Eric Dooley, four years in as the head football coach at Prairie View A&M, joining us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio. The Panthers 
are on the road on Saturday taking on Incarnate Word. Coach Dooley, as always, I appreciate your time. Continued success to you and the Panthers. Thanks for having me. Take care. You got it, Coach Dooley. I'm talking HBCU National Game of the Week and a look at the Week 2 schedule in HBCU football. That's up next. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at Marjorie's Beef Jerky! It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Up next here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio, it's Duke and North Carolina A&T football. Looking forward, I'm here as a matter of fact, looking forward to the football game. That is up next right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM Week 2. We want to preview, take a look at Week 2 in HBCU football, look at some of the games. Again, there are there's really there was an obvious HBCU national game of the week, and a lot of most of the other game. I mean, there are just a lot of games that are non most all the games are non conference, but a lot of the games are games where uh, specifically FCS teams are playing against Power Five schools. So we're going to look at some of those games also. So. The HBCU National Game of the Week, the Southern Heritage Classic, Jackson State and Tennessee State. They've been playing this game since the 80s. It's gotten a lot of support in Memphis. I've been a couple of times. It's a great time, big time atmosphere. And then, of course, after the game, like I don't know about now because of the pandemic, but I I was there in 08, in 09. Like you got to go to Bill Street after the game. That's like. A bunch of fun, a lot of people down there. I mean, just good food, just great atmosphere there at the Southern Heritage Classic. They do an awesome job with that event. So, again, Jackson State and Tennessee State. You look at Tennessee State. Now, Tennessee State is coming off a tough loss last week to Grambling, and it was really a game. It was a sloppy football game all the way around. Tennessee State falling in that game 16-10. to 10. It's hard to overcome. So, again, Eddie George is the coach. His first game as a head coach, Tennessee State had 18 penalties in the game. And if you go back and look a lot, they, you know, it depends on when the penalties happen during the course of a game. Well, there were really some drops. Because remember, this is only a game in which Grambling wins by – by a touchdown, by a touchdown without an extra point, by six points. So there were a lot of times in the game where uh, where drives were thwarted because of penalties. I mean, you, I, I looked at this, and you look at a situation where you have back-to-back penalties by Tennessee State, and it ultimately hurt Tennessee State, uh, I think, really bad in this game. It was, an, it was really sort of an ugly football game 
um, in a lot of respects. Remember, Jeremy Hickbottom, who played at Grambling, is now one of the quarterbacks at Tennessee State. Andy didn't start in this football game. Neither of the quarterbacks has taken the reign. You also have Tucker Pope and Devion Bryant that are all vying for that starting quarterback uh, position. I mean, one of the, the bright spots, obviously, is Devin Starling, the HBCU All-American uh, had a, I mean, he was solid. He definitely was solid against Grambling. You're going to want to see, uh, if you're Tennessee State, you're going to want to see Tennessee State be able to run the football. Uh, you know, J- Hickbottom's a guy that's got some experience. I mean, he's got some experience. He's got some experience, more specifically, against Jackson State. And so, you know, it, 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 you know, you look at Tucker Pope. He's a, you know, he's a freshman, right? So you you would hope. But again, I mean. You know, he's, he's just transferring into the program, probably some reps, I don't know, that he may have missed because originally he had he had uh, verbally committed to Bethune-Cookman coming out of the Grambling uh, a situation where things just weren't settled. But give Grambling a lot of credit winning that football game against Tennessee State. Again, too many penalties by the Tigers in the game. I mean, I think they did a uh, I think the Tiger the the Tennessee State Tigers that is did a, a a relatively decent job defensively. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the numbers would indicate as much. I think part of the issue is Grambling's offense still isn't really settled, right? You lose a quarterback, you're starting a freshman, uh, you know, you're starting a new quarterback um and Grambling didn't get a whole lot done in the statistical category, but the most most important category that Grambling was able to get the job done was in the win department. When I look at Jackson State, and again, you're talking about a Tigers, Jackson State Tigers team able to get the victory over Florida A&M. Doesn't matter how you win, just win, baby. And that's exactly what Jackson State was able to do um, I thought, I thought. Listen, Shadur Sanders is, is pretty good. Like he's pretty good. Looks like he has some weapons uh, to be able to pass the football to as well. Even though they lose, like you know, a Baldwin uh, to an FBS program, he still has some guys to throw the football to. But I think Jackson State is definitely. They threw the football, right, 24 times in the game, ran the ball 36 times. They ran it more but weren't as effective as running the football against Florida A&M. I give Florida A&M's defense a lot of credit. I thought Florida A&M's defense played well. The offense just couldn't get uh, much going. That said, Shador Sanders is solid. He's going to have to – he's going to ha- – I think he gets that first game out of the way, right? So he had some awareness issues Losing the football twice on fumbles, did not throw an interception, threw for 221 yards, as a matter of fact, in his debut. So he's going to have uh, to be able uh, to do more of that right against Tennessee State. I I don't know where Tennessee State's defense is. Hard to judge what Tennessee State did uh, against Grambling because, again, Grambling's uh, offense is not settled. So with that being said, I think, you know, you look at Jackson State's defense. I mean, Jackson State has a very, very good defense. Uh, while FAMU couldn't get much going offensively, that was a lot of that had to do with Jackson State. Love the linebackers for Jackson State. Obviously, if I'm looking at an Aubrey Miller 
um, who is really, really, really good uh, for Jackson State. Um, yeah, I tell you, he's he 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 is definitely a player. You've got a good defensive secondary, Shiloh Sanders, um, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, one of the other linebackers is Keontae Hampton uh, for Jackson State. In this football game, my prediction for this football game is in the Southern Heritage Classic again in Memphis. I have Jackson State winning this football game. Uh, I think the score, if I had to give a score. I think Jackson State wins uh, somewhere between 10 and 14 points. I mean, I think the score is something like 21 to 10, you know, 24 to 10, something like that with Jackson State getting the victory over Tennessee State. Now, you know, again, that's my prediction. You know, if Tennessee State can get any semblance of an offense, uh, get the quarterback play going, get Devin Starling some help. Could be a little bit different. I think Jackson State ultimately still wins the game, but maybe it's a little bit closer. Um, but again, even if they, even if the, the TSU Tigers are able to get something going from an offensive perspective, uh, from, uh, from, from the quarterback play, I mean, that Jackson State defense is, is, is pretty tough. So again, I like the Jackson State Tigers in this football game Again, 21 to 10, 24 to 10, something like that. I've got Jackson State over Tennessee State. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X, the number two R O W, our only HBCU game tonight. ANT on the road taking on Duke. You can hear that game next, right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. And you look at Auburn and Alabama State talked about that. Uh, Wake Forest and Norfolk State, man, those are some tough, tough football games for both Alabama State and Norfolk State. Delaware State uh, at home coming off a nice win, right, to start the season. 1-0, going to be hosting Georgetown, <laughs> looking more at the at the Power Fives, right, Clem- uh, South Carolina State on the road against Clemson. Again, looking for uh, to see, for, looking forward to see what the Kobe Durant is able to do in this football game. It is how Darius Leonard made. I mean, he already had a name, right? But it's how his name became bigger with the 18 tackles uh, when he played Clemson, and that was during his junior year. Alcorn State going to be at uh, at home taking on Northwestern State. This is an opportunity for Alcorn State to rebound from a couple of weeks ago in the loss in the Miak Swag Challenge to North Carolina Central and has got a, a an FCS opponent at home um, against, again, Northwestern State. Another a tough matchup, Texas Southern on the road taking on Baylor. I mean, that's going to be a tough football game. Uh, one of the only conference games that we have on the schedule, Langston's at home taking on Texas College in a Sooner athletic matchup. Grambling. Uh, going to be on the road taking on Southern Miss. Morgan State with a tough game on the road taking on Tulane. So, I mean, you have some games uh, where you you have some of the FCS programs playing, some of the FBS programs. Uh, you know, North Carolina Central is going to be at Marshall, uh, right? That That's, uh, that's an, uh, an FBS game. And, of course, uh, Hampton is at Old Dominion. And then another Power 5 game. 
uh, as uh, Howard is going to be at on the road taking on Maryland. So you got some really tough matchups in week two of HBCU football. Before I get out of here on Box to Row, on ESPNU Radio, on Sirius XM, uh, tomorrow, the 20th year since 9-11. I can remember it. Uh, I, I, I was um, actually working at um, in athletic media relations at uh, North Carolina State University. Uh, and uh, was was uh, I think was was doing I was handling some business I was out and about and I was listening to what was happening on one of the local radio stations in Raleigh and I I I, I guess it just it, it just did I, I was trying to fathom what I was listening to like I mean I was listening wasn't by a television uh, or anything like that and wow I mean I was very young at that time right uh and what a time. I mean, it, it uh, wow, to think that something like that uh, could happen. So remember, remember uh, tomorrow as we take a look back uh, and remember all of those victims and uh, how strong this country, uh, stronger this country became after 9-11. Thank you to Prairie View A&M head football coach, Eric Dooley, thank you to Charlotte head football coach Will Healy for joining us today here on Box to Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website at boxtorow.com. Remember, Duke and North Carolina A&T up next here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is presented by DW Communications. Time for this show to drop the lid. That'll do it for this week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Join us again next week for an in-depth look at historically black college athletics and the biggest news stories of the day.